Well, joining me as we uh, recap on the day's market activity is Tamsang Aneta from Shiloh Capital. Thank you so much for your time, Tammy. I had seen the, the resources coming and coming and coming throughout the day, but that more than 5% climb, what's going on there? I think it's a combination of the global view on production, especially mm -hmm. manufacturing and how that leads into electric vehicles, battery power and the related instruments, uh, as well as infrastructure, potential infrastructure demand, especially in bigger economies like India and China. So we're seeing a demand for resources. Secondly, the exchange rate is sort of finding <laughs> some ground and uh, the difference between that, the interest rates which make borrowing also a different dynamic, inflation seeming to cool, uh, the demand for the future of production is always going to go up. So we are a resource-rich country, uh, and then the rest of the world wants to build something, uh, they typically come to our shores. They knock on our door. Uh, that U.S. inflation, I'm wondering what markets are picking up there, because as much as uh, both prints, the consumer and producer uh, price index, came in uh, hotter than what markets had expected. But it seems that markets are taking it in their stride. Yeah, I think it's an anticipation that the Fed won't, won't be aggressive anymore, ah. which I uh, potentially think could be an error. I think uh, we've seen, we've got enough data to see that the Fed is going to continue to be quite hawkish and aggressive on the interest rate hikes. So I think uh, it's something to watch. I don't see them slowing down uh, per se. I don't stopping, but definitely okay. slowing down in the uh, rate hikes. Um, and I think the key issues around logistics and supply chain, uh, getting products from factories all the way to storefronts, and the cost of that post-COVID, I think, is quite significant. So the supply side inflation is quite high. And secondly, you have a lot of customers who have a lot of money, especially in the U.S., where the government has uh, put money into people's pockets. And how they go about spending that as consumers will always build out a, a very large inflation story. So I think they've got a, a dual problem to manage there, uh, which is going to be tough going forward. Mm. Talking about monetary policy, let's go to the European Central Bank. They had their meeting today and they decided on a 25 basis point interest rate hike. Of course, there had been a split between that hike and a pause. Um, I mean, the economy there is still troubled. And I'm wondering what, how you're viewing that decision, but also the tone going forward. I think the downside of uh, the EU is that uh, we, we as the market or people expect the, the European Monetary Authority to make a decision that's going to assist uh, regions with multiple finance ministers. Mm. So it's not going to be easy for, for one institution to solve the problem for countries with varying degrees of, of, of concerns. And I think that that's where the conflict will always lie. So countries like Germany will have a different view, but if countries like Greece, Portugal, Cyprus, who are on the other side of things mm -hmm. and are looking for growth, are looking for increased credit and loan extension, mm -hmm. will have a different view. So uh, the EU has a complex problem yeah. in that the monetary authority is singular, but the, the fiscal authorities are diverse. And, and that and agenda is complex. And that's the thing, because, I mean, the people that were expecting a pause, uh, their argument was that the ECB needs to maybe worried about or should be worried about a troubled economy. And you're saying that, you know what, that's maybe not really their problem because there's so much fragmentation. Mm. And what they really need to focus on here is beating inflation.
and whose economy is troubled. Mm -hmm. right? So there's a lot of complexity there, and the fiscal side is not being dealt with, and everything is being left at the door of the monetary authority. Mm. And that typically leads to problems. Mm. Uh, monetary authority cannot bail out the fiscal authority. Yeah. Uh, the fiscal authority must do their jobs. Um, so, so the regions like France, Greece, Portugal, Spain, they need to come to the party and not be bailed out by authority which has its back on Germany. Ah. And that's the complexity they need to work through. Ah, all right. Well, let's uh, come back home and look at the numbers that came out of the JSE, starting off with uh, First Rand. We spoke about uh, troubled economies. Uh, South Africa, I mean, First Rand is dealing with uh, the backdrop of a troubled economy. But of course, you know the benefits that they are getting from interest rates. But then we saw that uh, credit impairment up mm. 55%. What are you making of those numbers? Seem that the market didn't take it quite nicely. Yeah, so I think that's the real issue. The issue is going to be loan books going forward. Mm. Um, when you uh, give out that credit, at what rate was it going out vis-a-vis -vis what rate is it is now and the default rate around that. So I think that's the major concern going forward in the valuation. They did uh, balance that by doubling the dividend. So as a shareholder, yeah. you're happy in that regard. <laughs> uh, your, your dividend yield is going up. But in reality, the e long-run effects Mm -hmm. of these interest rate hikes are yet to be felt in the economy, especially around uh, the lending, mortgage, unsecured credit, and corporate credit, and how that is going to be impacted going forward. Uh, all right. Another company that came out with numbers is African Rainbow Capital. Um, of course, they hold um, time, rain, um, and they reported an increase in their intrinsic net uh, asset value per share. What do you make of this counter and the numbers that it turned out today? Uh, the downside of, of ARC is that valuation effects. So uh -huh. is rain really worth what they say it's worth? Um, are all the other private time bank and in all the other private companies they hold, how are they valued and are they worth what is actually said to be worth? And I think that's going to be their trouble. Uh, mm. They're going to create a value trap of sort for, for shareholders in that uh, the valuation is in their control, the value of their assets is in their control, but that value must reflect in, in the share price. So the share price is not always going to track in line with the private mm. valuations they hold. And I think that's where they're going to continue to struggle. And they did a few, a, a, a few periods ago when they had the whole management fee issue yes. or when rain was rain, I think was valued at 15 billion. Mm. And those type of scenarios where it's a, it's a valuation, but is it really reflective of the asset? And does that translate to you as a shareholder? Ah, all right. Well, let's get to your stock pick for today, Tammy. Sibanye. Um, I think they're a well-diversified uh, mining counter. Uh, they offer a product that goes into multiple sectors, which adds value. And I think they have a good future going forward, given their development and exploration. Yeah, up 8% on the day today. Absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for your time and for your insights today, Tammy. Appreciate it. Uh, that was Tamsang Maneta from Shiloh Capital.